Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Are You On The Right Train? Riding On The Urge. These episodes feature people who are doing their thing, they follow their heart and their passion, and they create how they want, what they want, when they want, and they are riding on the right train. Today's spotlight is Mario Sprouse. But before I bring my guest on, there's some stuff I want to tell you about happening in February and March. Chill down, chill out, chillax, renew my end-of-the-month virtual Stress Busters Guided Meditation class. That's Sunday, February 28th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come chill out. It's 30 minutes. Hang out, relax, just let go. And on March 14th, I am excited to present my new workshop called Gratitude is the Love Frequency. Gratitude is the Love Frequency, that is a guided meditation and journaling workshop. When we shift our focus to being grateful and appreciative throughout more of our day, it's a game changer. Gratitude resides within the Love Frequency. You cannot be stressed, anxious, angry, fearful, or doubtful when you exercise and practice gratitude. It is a way to open our hearts to what is working in our lives and shifts the focus away from our seemingly never-ending problems, as well as being an amazing gift to ourselves in self-care and self-development. Like begets like. The more gratitude we allow ourselves to feel, the more good-feeling vibes and things we experience and share. So please don't miss this. Get your tickets now. The link is in the show description, so you can click right on that and go right to the workshop and see more details about it. So March 14th, gratitude is the love frequency, February 28th, chill down, chill out, chillax, renew, end of the month, Stress Busters Guided Meditation Virtual Group Class. I hope you join me. You can find out about that on my website. And without further ado, here we go. You're about to meet the magnificent Mario Sprouse. So folks, the thing about this gentleman that is getting ready to drop some pearls and all that other stuff that he does is this is one of my mentors. This is, this is, <laughs> this is one of my mentors, y'all. This is, well, I'm gonna let him introduce himself. And what do you do? I am Mario Sprouse. I am a musical director, I'm a composer, I'm an author, I do voice coaching for singers, I am an accompanist, I play keyboards, I am the arts ministry coordinator at Marble Collegiate Church, and I'm also the associate director of Marble Vision, which is our live stream media outreach. I'm also on the board of directors of the Gordon Parks Foundation, Mm. Uh, and storm doors and windows, yeah, I do everything. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, as I said, this is one of my mentors, you know, like, I think um, there's something very special about having a mentor in your life. You know, uh, mentors always appear when you need them. (laughs) They always magically appear in your life when you need them. And you don't necessarily know 
that they're going to be your mentors. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. I've had a few. So what's cool is when you and I spoke earlier, because it was really funny that you called, you were talking about the OK era and all the cast members. Yes. So when I got my first Broadway show, I had been working with voice teachers throughout the years. But I heard one of my cast members sing and I went, who do you work with? Mm. What blew me away about her voice was it was similar to mine in quality. Yes. And what I had been struggling with at that period was trying to get the Broadway sound, which I don't have. And I had been trying to get that. And so I hear this woman sing and I'm like, well, she works and she doesn't have that Broadway sound. I want to know who she's working with. <laughs> and she told me, I'm working with Mario Sproul. She gave me the phone number and you you worked with most of the cast, right? I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> we all just shared you. We were all like. I, I'm with at least half the cast of, <laughs> of that show. <laughs> that's right. We, we all were like, Mario Sprouse, Mario Sprouse, call him up, call him up. Because <laughs> I think you were working with, with Franz and Robert when I joined your crew. Yes, uh, I, I first started working with Melissa in October of 19, actually August of 1990. Right. Uh, and then as our show, The Dark Star from Harlem went up at La Mama Theater, I started working with Franz and Robert. Okay. And then there was Greta and, and Burr, Cheryl Burr, and then there's you and I met Stanley Mathis in that crew and That's a right. bunch of other people. Uh, so it was really, it was a wonderful cast. It was a wonderful opportunity to work with so many talented people. And it was a wonderful era because there was uh, OK, there was Black and Blue, uh, there was Ruth Brown and that crew. I mean, it was everybody was what seemed to be working mm -hmm. and just starting out in that industry. So I was I was in the thick of it. <laughs> you sure were. You were the man. You were the man. You were definitely the man. And I mean, what was really great working with you, I had had various teachers for about a decade, you know, mm, um, I had mm -hmm. my, my first teacher who was operatically trained and I had been training for about a decade. But what you did for me and a lot of us is that you took the technique and you applied an actor's brain. Oh, yes. To the singing craft. Yes, yes, absolutely. I learned that 1982 or 83, there was a person wow. whose name was Dan Marek. Uh, and he was a good guy. I, I went over to his uh, studio once and I observed him uh, work with particular singers <laughs> and in this in his waiting room in, in his apartment. And this big, humongous alto voice comes through the door. And I went, wow. And when the door opened, I walked this four foot eight Japanese woman. <laughs> I said, what? Are you serious? How did that come out of you? And she pointed to Dan Merrick and I was like, well, it's all right. So Dan, what's the deal? And his idea was that your voice is singular to you. It is your expression. When we try to get our voice and put it into an already existing formula, we lose half of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying, if you have this big, if, if you have a Gladys Knight voice, which is not a Broadway voice, but if you have a Gladys Knight voice, and that's where you live, and you try to, to fit into the yep. Broadway baby, that big belt to hit the back of the row, yep. you're gonna lose your voice, and yep. you will no longer have that Gladys Knight voice, and then they'll find somebody else who has a voice, and then you'll be out. 
And how true <laughs> that. And I had lost my voice along the way. I had in that quest to get this Broadway sound. Yes, I did end up losing my voice. And I mean, by the time you came into yeah. my life, I had just repaired it basically oh. with the, with the person that I and I don't even know if you know this. I had been working with Kamal Scott, who's no longer with us. Yes, I know. Um, He's good for repairing voices. Yeah, he had he had repaired my voice because by that point I had none. So then yeah. you enter and you took me to the next level in terms mm -hmm. of and when I say he took an actor's brain and, and applied it to a singer's craft is I had never worked with anybody that said, what are you singing about? You right. did the who, what, when, where, what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's right, before you even sing a note, tell me what you're singing. Yes. What is the story was, about? And that was that was very much an acting approach. Yes. Oh, sure. So that, that just opened up a whole new thing for me. And it, in a lot of ways, even though there might've been notes that were hard for me to fit, get or figure out how I was gonna approach the note, who, what, when, where, why, help me do that. Yes. That's the whole idea is to be able to, to use lyric as script mm. and be able to advance the story based on what is happening within the song. And, and to me, if you're going to be on a stage where people come to not only hear music, but to hear a story or to experience a story, then you've got to advance the story. And if you don't know what you're singing about, but you hit the notes, then there will be something lacking mm -hmm. in your performance. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way that I approached it. And it, it seems to be very successful. It was extremely successful. I mean, it just <laughs> freed, it just freed. I mean, for me, it was freeing. And I loved how you, you know, what you said earlier, about I'm trying to fit into this box and you, you, you lose you. Oh, and, yeah. and that's a, such a spiritual, statement you know it's not just applying the as you very well know not just mm -hmm. applying to voice but just in general when you try to fit yourself into a box that you are not meant to fit in best you could be a second best in that and you're going to come in a distant second because that spot is already occupied Nobody <laughs> <laughs> else has that the, you know it's just not going to work i remember working with a singer uh who came to new york as many people do they come from out of town into new york and they're told you have to have certain songs to audition with. And, and she did, she had a big book of songs. I looked at her material, I, I didn't hear her sing, I listened to her speak. Went through her material and yes, this person told me to get this song, this song is good for me. They said, this is, this is what they're auditioning with now. And I looked at it and I said, I handed the book back to her and I said, throw this away. <laughs> <laughs> And I know you did. <laughs> throw this away. Because this has nothing to do with you. What do you want to do? Wow. Well, I wanted, I know I want to sing on stage. I want to, yeah. What kind of stage? Hmm. And when by the time we finished it, she wanted to be a performer in clubs or dance music. And, and she wrote songs. I said, throw this book away. This is you're, wow. you're not gonna do it. So she went on to have a career as a composer. As a singer, she got married to uh, a world famous guitarist, and so she's she's wow. in it. She, I mean, it's just amazing. Had she spent all that energy mm -hmm. trying to be the Broadway star, to be it, it, it would have been frustrating, a waste of time and money, and she would have been very discouraged because she would not have made it. That's not the life that she wanted. How so basically, it's finding out what you want to do, and it's not even Ooh. so much what you want 
to do, but what are you called to do? Because we as artists, we get our inspiration, not from us, we're responding mm -hmm. to something. And mm -hmm. so it comes through us. I mean, it, but we are affected by what comes through us. Yeah. And what I've discovered is that the more we spend time trying to be someone else or another style or mm -hmm. another person, the more we alienate ourselves from our true calling. Okay, so now y'all understand why this man is my mentor, okay? <laughs> then you under, that just what he just said there. Now you understand, okay? Case in point, why? Because what was beautiful about working with you was because of your philosophy, you helped, like it was just a natural that you would end up being a mentor because of yeah. how you approach the art. Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, vice versa, how you approach life, they're one and the same. Yes, they are. And you can't separate them. Uh, if you are, as, as you very well know, if you are an artist uh, and you're having problems at home, it's going to affect your art. Mm -hmm. It's how to embrace it. It's how to understand it and how to then incorporate it into the art of the moment, the, the present, whatever you happen to be doing. And that's a, that is something that we as artists know how to do automatically. Uh, we have a switch that was turned on when we arrived on the planet. Amen. It was broken in that position. We yes. can't turn it on. Nope. <laughs> this is true. We can't. We cannot turn it off. No matter how hard we try, we cannot turn it off. Off. And so Absolutely. we might as well work with it. Yeah, right? We, say, we might as well. And, and it doesn't mean that we have to do art. Mm -hmm. It does mean that we have to be art. And in wow. that station of being, we create art. I, I, I looked on, on uh, your site and, and Valerie Pettiford was, was one ah, of the people yeah. that you had had. Yeah. Uh, had interviewed. Now, I worked with Valerie a million years ago <laughs> uh, in the 80s, I think it was, when she called me up to do an audition. There were some people who were who were playing pianos for, for auditions. I was one, Eddie Rabin, uh, Daryl Waters. There was oh, yeah, were, Daryl, yeah. Working with all these sort of folks. That's weird and that I'm, I never got you. I got, <laughs> got Daryl Waters, though. <laughs> I don't know. What can I say? Wow, but I, I got you later. With, so, yes. Okay. So you anyway? She called you to. to she got for, me later. I was working with with Neil Samuels and the Bass and a bunch of people, just a bunch of folks over the years. And the reason I mentioned Valerie is because Valerie, back then, was a showgirl. Yeah. She's a showgirl. That's a yep. bossy yep. showgirl. Yeah. That's a showgirl. Now that doesn't mean she can't do anything else. In fact, because she's a showgirl, she can do a lot of other things. That's right. But if she looked at and said, well, you know, this is all I can do. Mm. And I can't do anything else. I'm good at it. And that's it. I would say that she would be shortchanging herself mm -hmm. because her her talent is extreme. It's extreme. It's magnificent. It has extreme. Gone yeah. Stephanie Pope is another one. Yes. This is just people whose talent goes from one end to the other. 
But if we try to put them in the box, she is a Broadway baby and she plays these roles. Or if you're a Lilius White, you want her singing that last song at the end of Act One or the first song of Act Two mm -hmm. so that people can get back in their seats. Right. In fact, we used to call that Negro Whale. Mm. W-A-I-L. We need some right. Negro Whale here. We need to have right. that big, black, shouting, mm -hmm. gospel sound that people gonna get excited about to come to the next act or, or, or they say, wow, right. we, we have them in the seats. That that'll do it. So it's like you're a hired gun. <laughs> it really is truly about finding your voice, your own voice, yeah. and finding out how you want to express. It always comes back to you. It always comes back to what is it that you want? What is it that's coming through you and that wants to come through you? And how does it want to come through you? As yeah. opposed to you chasing this thing you think you're supposed to have. Now you oh, can yeah. do that, but the question then becomes, are you going to be happy? Yeah. And that's the biggest part uh, because then you, you will get it and you say, I should be happy and you're not. Yes. Oh boy. You're not. And, and yes. that's, a, that's a very tragic thing. Also, uh, claiming your own talents, gifts, and skills means that you have a monopoly on that. There's mm. nobody else who has it. Paying attention to your own gifts, talents, and skills mm. mean that you have a monopoly on that. So therefore, you have no competition. Huge. That, that is huge. Yeah. That, and that I've, is... I've, I've been doing that. I've been saying that all, I mean, 40 years, 50 years. You have, mm. you have no competition. You have a monopoly. So, and the example that I give is there are at least 500 bazillion piano players on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and another one was just born. <laughs> <laughs> right, right now. Right, right now. now. Child yes, Prodigy right now. was just born. At two years old, they're going to be playing <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> That's it. That is it. So with all of those numbers, and, and I mean, humongous numbers of piano players, why would somebody call me? I do not have the skill of, of many, many people. Uh, I do not, I, I can play if it were a scale of one to ten, of, of ten being the world famous concert pianist and one being somebody who could play like chopsticks on the piano, I'm somewhere in five or six, maybe, you know, in that territory. But I'm not hired to play piano. They're not hiring a piano player, they're hiring me. Yeah. They want me to play that piano because of what I bring as a person, as an artist, and then as a piano player. I never refer to myself as a pianist because I'm not, I don't work that hard. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, pianist would be a, a practice in eight hours a day. No, I don't know, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. But I play piano and I bring myself to it. And that's who they're hiring. They want me to play piano in that situation. That that's is a whole different way of looking at stuff. And I oh, think yeah. that you know, I, I have an episode um, where I'm talking about perspective. Perspective mm -hmm. is everything. Oh, oh, and I quote you too. As a matter of fact, I quote you in a couple of my oh, episodes. Okay. Yeah, because you said something <laughs> to me one day when I was looking at you all teary-eyed across the, the Indian restaurant table, you know, and oh, for the prize. And I, <laughs> you said something to me. I can only paraphrase it now. But that had to have been about 15 years ago, mm. maybe more when you said this to me. You looked at me, you adjusted your glasses, 
Yeah. And you said change does not need oh, nor yes. require your permission to occur. That is correct. Change does not require your permission to occur. <laughs> that is massive. That, that is a massive lesson. All these years. That has that stayed with me all lesson. these years. Yes. Yes, it does not require your permission to occur. And the things that we look for as artists, spiritually, mm. we're looking to grow, but we want things to stay the same. Ooh. You can't have both. You can't have both. Spiritually speaking, how many, how many people have you known over these last decades who are saying, I'm growing spiritually, I'm growing, I feel as if I'm growing into something new, I'm, I want to grow, I want, but I want everything to stay the same. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny when you hear it out loud, when you hear it verbalized, because yes. that is basically us in terms of human nature. We are yes. basically creatures that claim we're growing, but yeah. we want everything to stay the same. And what's deep is what's happening right now in this global, in this yes. global pandemic, is that the universe is demanding that we grow and evolve. Yep and change yep. and we are trying to hold on to whatever we deem normal that statement about change not requiring our permission to occur i read about about maybe 25 or 30 years ago or something or maybe 25. oh that's not your original no no because you no. said it i like, said it like it was mine you said it like <laughs> it was yours well thank you for passing it on <laughs> because i i claimed it and i said you know it's, it's almost like a construct. When we are children, we want to be adults. Yes. So we we yes. don't want to stay children. We want to be adults. So yes. we'll, or we'll, we'll put on mom's uh, high heel shoes. As and her kids. lipstick. And the lipstick. We want to yes. be older. Then when we get to be uh, in, in our teenage years, we, we want to do what adults do. You know, they they drive, they they do this, and they do it. We, we strive to be that. Yes. As yes. we get a little older, we want to be like kids. <laughs> we want mommy. We want we mommy. Want mommy. Yes, we right. want my mommy. <laughs> we want we want to be like kids. I mean, one of the cutest words that I I have heard from I guess current generations is adulting. I said adulting. Oh, okay, that's right. I guess so we're, we're having I'm having trouble adulting. Is this you know being an adult? I said, well, you were ready or not, here you is. Here <laughs> you, you know? is. Get with it. And so the idea, and, and you're right, uh, the universe demands, uh, has demanded and required of us change. However, it also expects us to change. Yes. And the expectation is, if I am going to go through a period of change and I'm expected to make it through, then what am I worried about? Okay, that's another bomb. That's another <laughs> wisdom bomb. Wow, wow, then blew up the building. You what gotta say that one again it, it too. Would be like, sure, you're in a situation where the universe has demanded change from you, but also expects you to change because you have the equipment to handle it. Mm. Why am I worried? Mm. The only reason I'm worried is if I think one, I can't handle it, or two, I won't like what I'm changing into. Ah. Okay, ah. so I am the caterpillar who doesn't know what wings are. Okay, but no matter how much I try, here come the cocoon. 
can't run from the cocoon if I'm a caterpillar. So I, if I spend all my time running from the cocoon, where that is the vehicle through which I'm going to change, it's like I'm, I'm going to have a big problem here. I'm going to have a big old problem. And, and, These and are so... bombs of wisdom being dropped right now, people. <laughs> oh, my God. Then, could you imagine a caterpillar going, no, 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 I don't want no. the wings. No, 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 I don't want the wings. Okay, so, and then, then it, no, I don't want the wings. And, you know, and you could go kicking and screaming into the cocoon and come out the other end <laughs> after this period of dark darkness. But after this period of change, they become huh. the butterfly. If as a butterfly, they concentrate all their efforts, every single one of their efforts on trying to become a caterpillar again, <laughs> they will forfeit mm. being a butterfly. You just simply can't do it. And so that is part of how it is that we as human beings can put our collective wisdom together. Khalil Gibran yes. in The Prophet said, pain, is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. So if pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses my understanding, which means you learn through mistakes, yeah. then why would I want to be so perfect and, and not to make a mistake? Right. Well, because the world demands perfection. Well, no, actually not. No, exactly. It's somebody's <laughs> it idea. And, and a bunch of people like, agreed, and then yeah. it got passed down, this whole thing of perfection, because what does perfection mean? There's no growth. You can't perfect. grow once you're perfect. So That's what's exactly the point it. of even being? Well, except for chocolate. I've, I've had perfect... <laughs> I've had perfect chocolate. It doesn't it doesn't need to grow for me. Uh, except in, in my cupboard. It doesn't need to grow at all. It could stay right there. The chocolate is perfect. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> but the whole idea is as artists, we are oh. equipped for change because yes. that's what we do. We specialize in creating something from nothing. And we, we really do. do. We absolutely do. It is not necessary that the world understand how we do it. Mm -hmm. They might say, I don't even know how you could do that. And I say, I don't know either, but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> this period of pandemic, I'm witnessing it. I'm watching, okay, we can't perform in that theater. Well, we gonna do this. Okay, we can't do it that way. Okay, so Zoom, we could, we could, we could put shows together on Zoom. I mean, it's like, when you have to create, you're going to create and yeah, you will absolutely. find a way to create. Mm -hmm. And that's not exclusive, folks, to being an artist. No. Because life cool. is an art mm -hmm. and you also create your well-being. You co-create your well-being. So yes. it's in how you are perceiving and how you're approaching things. And this is the great time, even though a bunch of stuff is happening. This is a great time to figure out who you are and what it is you want and how you want to express. Perfect time. I agree time. with you. I agree. Creative switch is always on. Yes. It's always that on. That doesn't mean you will have to always create a play. Create a play. It's always <laughs> on. It is. Whatever you do is going to have the, the creativity attached to it which is attached to your soul. This is yes. a part of how you express as you. So if you pay attention to that 
and you realize that you have no competition, that you are right. a monopoly, then whatever you do is good enough. You know, Mario, that is a really, really key, huge thing because we live in a world where everything is about branding, 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 your brand, your brand, your brand, your brand. And you're told if you are starting a business or you're running mm -hmm. a business, you know, always know what the competition is doing. You know, what is your competition doing? What can you do better than your competition? Blah, 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 blah. It's always <laughs> about the competition. And it's never really about how you are also competition to others. If you want to look at it that way, if right. you look at yourself as being the monopoly because there's only one you and nobody else can do you, even if there are millions of talented people in the world, there's enough space for all of them. There's oh, enough space for all of you. you. You used to talk to me a lot about this, just this idea of lack and, um, yeah. you, right? So you're always thinking, I have to be better than this person. I have to do work harder than this person. And that is going to put you in the early grade. A very early. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that grave starts right the moment you say that, because the Ooh. moment you try to be like somebody else, you've already killed yourself off. Absolutely. Can Absolutely. you imagine? I, I ran track for every school I ever went to. I wasn't the best at it, but I certainly ran track and learned a lot of lessons from track. And one of them was if you're running a race, you don't pay attention to your competition. Right. If you look at the other runners, you'll run into them. <laughs> <laughs> we our bodies go where our eyes go. Yeah. If you if you're if you're running a race, if, even if it's a relay, you got to hand that baton off to the next runner in front of you. Your eyes are ahead. It is of no consequence to see what other people are doing. Your job is to run the race forward. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if if you want to open up a retail store and then there's Macy's. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's somebody out there who has some money who's saying, I don't want to go to Macy's. I want to go someplace local. Mm -hmm. and, and you're cutting them off and yourself off from the blessings if you don't open your store. Mm. The very same is true. I mean, I, I deal with it all the time with, with singers who say, I'm not as good as this person. I'm not as good as that person. And I say, okay, so if I were to take that as your gospel truth that you're not as good, then tell me what you are good for. Mm. Hmm, silence, mm. crickets, <laughs> mm. because they spend so much time trying, uh, concentrating on what they're not good at, at mm -hmm. who they're not as good as, that they have failed to consider what then are you good for? So you, if, you, if you don't concentrate on that, all you'll be doing is reacting. A mm -hmm. perfect example of that is back in the day, I took a girl out on a date. We went to a wonderful, wonderful restaurant that an extensive menu across from Lincoln Center. It was an Italian restaurant. It had like 900 different types of pastas. The menu was just extensive. It wasn't just two pages. It was more like 30 pages of dishes that they would prepare. So the person came up, the waiter came up and said, may I help you? May I take your order? And I gave my order and she said, um, I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that. Mm. that. Don't want that. Flip the page. 
I don't want that. I don't want that. Can't eat that. Don't want that. Flip the page. Mm. And I was watching someone with a waiter and a chef and the entire staff waiting to deliver food for her saying, I don't want that. I don't. And so they couldn't, they were frozen. They couldn't take the order because there was none. Mm-hmm. She wow. concentrated on what she couldn't have or didn't want. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the menu, she just said, nah, I have some tea. Oh my goodness gracious. At which time I said, well, that's the last time we going out on a I date. I know baby. that's <laughs> right. Good I, That's it. If you apply that, if you're, if you're saying to yourself, well, you know, I, you go see a show somewhere, any show and you say, oh, I can't do that. I can't get on this. I can't do that. All right. So that, what can you do? Mm-hmm. What can you do? And, but also please acknowledge that there is a societal dichotomy with that because you will have people say, what is going to be your day job? You're an artist. Yes. Or how are you going to make money? Or how are you going to live? Or how are you going to survive? Well, that's because of the starving artist syndrome, which I yes. do not subscribe to. It, yeah, artists, I know you don't subscribe to that. Ah, always a good time with him. Part two of our conversation drops next Thursday, February 25th. I hope that you enjoyed that and was thoroughly, thoroughly inspired and uplifted by what you heard. If you are in a situation currently that is unfulfilling to you, be it a job or a career you've been pursuing, and you feel like there's something else that you really want to do or you already know what that is, get quiet. Sit still, breathe in and out deeply, and begin to envision what that is that you wish to create. And remember, there's nothing too big. It's only small ideas. Think big and write that down. What is it that you wish to create? Write it down, put it in your phone, speak it out loud to people that are supportive of you and go for it, go for it. Don't delay, start now, even if you plot in your mind what your escape plan is going to be, but go for it. This life is meant to be lived to the fullest. Take advantage, no matter what is happening in your life, Right now, there can always be room to create more. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to visit JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. Join my mailing list. I've got workshops coming up, as I mentioned earlier in the program. I have audiobooks, guided meditation videos, and audio and meditation music, everything for inspiration and to help you relieve stress, increase your mindfulness and awareness and presence. And remember to always roll with peace in mind.